welcome to Stargirl Podcast. This is Lissy and I'm here with Angie and we are talking Summer School Chapter 10. Like at some point I thought we were going to get different titles, but at this point I'm just like, we're owning the titles. So I hope they're not like, I hope we get Summer School Chapter 13 too. Like they're not going to go change it at like the last episode, right? Imagine if they start, if they like decide to change it at like episode 12, like right before the final episode and we're like, what's happening? Why are like, you doing this to us? The kids haven't really been to summer school in like five episodes anyway. <laughs> right. Rick it's is just, in jail. It's getting, only, it's a title only at this right. point. Rick is in jail getting apples from Grundy. So <laughs> Stargirl season two, episode 10, jail. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the only time we're going to mention Rick. So, like, let's get it out of the way. Grundy is trying to feed him. It's kind of cute. It is really adorable, actually. It reminded me of, like, when a cat brings you a dead bird as a present. And it's like, here you go. I got this for you. And you're like, oh, okay. I wasn't expecting that. Well, I mean, Rick picked up that apple from, like, the filthy floor in that jail cell and just ate it. Like a teenage boy, so didn't even wipe it off on his shirt. He just not even that. Nope. nope, it landed way too close to his toilet. I'm just gonna point that out too. I mean, okay. I, every part of that cell, wherever it had landed, I would have thought like the first thing you had to like at least pretend to wipe it. Like yes, pretend. Yeah. Give it the all wipe on the shirt. Oh God. I didn't really expect J- uh, Rick was going to be in jail for like, I mean, once we saw Jenny in the pictures, we're like, okay, it's not going to be fixed. I didn't really expect uh, Rick to be stuck in jail for that long. But now Courtney's stuck in the Shadowlands, so maybe jail is better. <laughs> if given a choice, but watch episode 13 be episode 13, chapter 13, the Shadowlands. Okay. <laughs> I assume, considering the news we've gotten of who is going to show up, that everyone's getting out of the Shadowlands. Dr. Midnight is getting out of the Shadowlands. Otherwise, it'd be really hard for him to be a serious regular in Season 3. So I assume everyone's getting out of the Shadowlands. I'm just starting to get concerned that it's not going to be till Episode 13. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are we going to have, like, a couple of episodes of Courtney, like, stuck in the Shadowlands while the team just tries to figure out like, I mean, Beth was really useful this episode, uh, despite the fact that Mike didn't really seem to think Beth could protect him from anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. When she's like, hi, I'm here to protect you. It was very, like, Luke Skywalker as a Stormtrooper vibes. Like, hi, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to protect you. And she's like, mm, aren't you a little short? It's the same vibe. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, Mike... It isn't really like, I don't know what he thought he could do better. Like he went for the, like, was he just going to bring Stripe? Like the end, the whole thing, like spark it outside the house? Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, considering that going out meant that he found Jakeem and the Thunderbolt, I, I guess we can call that a win. I'm really pleased to see that they're finally bringing back the people that they teased out so be so like far in the beginning of this season like with Jenny with Jackie with I'm assuming we're gonna see Todd like grown-up Todd at some point too this season even if it's like a 
like a cut to black, like final image or something of the season. Just, it's really nice finally to be getting like these pieces finally tied up. Right, and then the Todd thing feels like a season three thing because the nurse calls Mr. Bones. Um, Mr. Bones, and I was very shocked. I was like, did I hear Mr. Bones? Mr. Bones is not like that big a comics character, but Robert Todd is a villain from the comics. It's like, let's say, I'm not even going to give him mid-level. He was like, like a low-level supervillain with like a very cool look mm-hmm. that they're not going to probably give us for Stargirl. Um, uh, but that seems to be something they're setting up for season three. I don't anticipate it could be something they can pay up now. What do you think? Yeah, definitely a season three thing. I think what's interesting with Mr. Bones is that at some point in the comics, he becomes the director of the DEO. So you can potentially use that to bring in other Arrowverse characters, maybe? I don't know. But I know in the comics, like, when he's the director of the DEO, he kind of, like, harasses the JSA a lot. Like, he's like, I need help with this. Help me. And they're like, "Mm, we're busy. So that could be, like, a fun dynamic to come up to, like, see in season three or perhaps later. I I really remember him, like, Shane Smokin in the comics. Like, And then he had this thing where he spoke like in rhymes, like for a while. That was very weird in the comics, like at the beginning. I think they sort of abandoned that. But I remember how annoying it was, like the first few appearances that I remember from the character. So please don't make him speak in rhymes. Like that. No, speaking in rhymes, it isn't that like scary. Like when you think of Mr. Bones, he's kind of like intimidating looking. But you can't be the director of like a bureaucracy and be speaking in couplets (laughs) you can't really run your you do like management effectively if you're rhyming all the time at least in my experience I yeah I I I don't want even want to spend too much time on Mr. Bones because I'm pretty sure that is a, a season three thing but it's interesting how they're like setting the stage for for season three and i think the shade is probably very tied into the idea they had of season three like i'm kind of relieved you know that mm-hmm. he went and did the thing i expected him to do since the beginning because like if he was just like as nice as he pretended he's clearly not a full eclipso type villain um he's i think he's a more interesting character sort of an anti-hero like he's not really a good guy. It's just that sometimes your interests align, and he might help you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I appreciated the information dump that we got about the diamond and the shade, and how that all relates to what's happening now. Because the energy needed a vessel, so the shade became that vessel. And then, how do the Shadowlands work with the diamond? And how Eclipso gets summoned? If you put the diamond back together, like I think all that was information that we desperately needed, and it was fun to get it through Shade being really shady. Like that's just what the shade is. I mean, it was about time. This was a very this is a thing they did in season one when they gave us a lot of information through the goggles and we didn't have that in, in season two. So I kind of missed it. Um, I think I will appreciate having the actual Dr. Midnight around, especially if that means we get a hoodie at some point. Um, but 
I'm kind of glad we got information um, and that they explained who Emily was. Like, I think that sort of paints the, the shade as an interesting, he's not truly a good guy, but there was parts of what he was saying. Like, he really wanted to save Barbara. He just wanted to not die. He wanted his powers back. I mean, um, can you blame him? Can, right? Can you? I mean, that he did cause a lot of trouble uh, by not, like, they wouldn't have done what he wanted if he explained, but. He really did summon Eclipso, and now Courtney's trapped in the Shadowlands, where she's gonna have to become friends with Doctor Midnight, and we assume Cindy. Uh, so it's just yeah. gonna be a beautiful team of um, that's gonna get them out of the Shadowlands. Um, the question is, can the team that is not stuck in the Shadowlands sort of find their way back together to sort of try to figure out how to help? Because I cannot imagine, no matter what a teenage drama Joanna has going on that they're going to be like, hey, your best friend is trapped in Shadowlands and she's going to be like, no, are you still mad at Courtney? <laughs> but also it's going to be interesting how they're going to get everyone out of the Shadowlands because Dr. McNiter is a pretty smart dude and he hasn't figured out how to get out of the Shadowlands. So right. what is the solution here? That's going to be fun to I find out. I watched the scene a couple of times and I couldn't figure out if Courtney had the staff with her like, oh when she like fell through when she like fell i think maybe not but when i saw i played it back i didn't see the staff laying around where pat was um so i don't know if that if that plays into it but if not it's gonna be something bad and and the rest do like it's gonna maybe it's something that needs um both sides and that's mm. something dr midnight hasn't had mm. that's true um the way that Beth and Dr. McKnight are able to communicate, I think, is interesting. And I think that could be fun to play with because we know he's going to be, like, in the series more in season three. So, like, that could be a fun way to connect these characters is that they, like, talk through their goggles. And so, like, yeah. he can give her advice when she's out being Dr. Midnight, for example, and can act as, like, that kind of, like, mentor figure for her. Right. And then we, since we're keep bringing that up we i guess we have to talk starman who really yes. tried, he tried to do it he tried to redeem himself um i'm gonna need more than that sylvester like you tried you give it the old college try i'm gonna give you that this this was good but i've already watched the other things so i'm gonna need more from you because he was there being like oh our family you're my family and then after that he was saying well maybe i haven't treated you like that well, I mean, just that's like, feels like a little too late. When he was telling the story about Pat's gift, and I was like, mm -hmm. do you know how you just treated him after, and they have to hear that story? Like, that just makes me angrier. Like, I know you're apologizing, but that just makes me angrier. It's like actions speak louder than words. So like, yeah, he can say you're my brother all day long, but you're still treating him like crap. Like, you have to have those two things aligned. If you really value someone in your life, you're not going to treat them the way Starman treats Pat. Right. And and, and also the, the thing is, it just, it, it, it once again, since the show doesn't like dates, it's, it's always like decades ago, a long time ago, Barbie mm. from them to tell us exactly when. And we don't know Pat and Sylvester's, like, their ages related to each other. Um, but they were treating Pat like he was, like, 15 and they were 
30 last episode and it, that's clearly not the case and it's annoying <laughs> in conclusion it's annoying right in conclusion how dare you treat pat this way right which i uh-huh. think is the second time at least we've said that Right. And Courtney wasn't being kind to Pat either. Courtney's a teen. Like, she's a teenager. I can forgive her much more easily. But she says some things that hurt. Like, she was like, for once, it's not an eclipse, so it's on you. And I was like, oof. Oh, dear, Courtney. And then she was like, oh, everything has changed. Uh, but then when Jenny was talking about how you would do anything for family, she was looking at Pat like, well, maybe, maybe. So, I mean, she's a kid. I guess I we will give her a few episodes of the drama. I mean, how often, how often does Courtney get to be right, you know? So, like, I think she's going to revel in being able to gloat over being the, like, right one in the situation. But then, obviously, she's going to be over it while she's in the Shadowlands, you know? It's hard to harbor a grudge against your stepdad when he's the one who's going to be saving you. So, right. Yeah, that, that that didn't last that long. And then the parental issues in this episode, Ben, when Ben was like, you guys figure out your stuff and I will be here figuring out mine. I got friends now, which you told me to get, so bye. I was like, wow, this is a change. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. Like, uh, the different moments that she's had in this season from like confronting Eclipso to confronting her parents. I'm super proud of this like character growth and I'm really looking forward to seeing how she's going to rise to the occasion of saving Courtney because originally like Courtney and Beth were the ones who were going to team up and defeat Eclipso. But now like Beth is kind of like the one who's set up to save the day. I think, I think it's going to be Beth mostly. What do you think? I agree, and it's such a cool journey for Beth. Like, I I assume Pat will help more in the getting break out of jail part, uh, but the Shadowlands part, that, that feels like it's all Beth. Um, but we do have, probably, we're going to be bringing back, I assume maybe we're going to spend, like, an episode or so, maybe in the Shadowlands. Maybe we'll spend most of the next episode seeing what's happening there. But, like, we do got to bring... Jaquim and and Jenny into this as, right now like it's gonna be all hands on that and then I wonder is Starman really or whatever the artist formerly known as Starman is he gonna show up this season or like <laughs> know. he's been on the road for a very long time too long his tour around America has gone on for too long I don't know what he's doing maybe he's visiting every national park every museum he's being very cultured who knows but he's taking too long i mean at this point just come if you if you're gonna be helpful dude if not like we'll we'll wait till season three no worries we don't actually want we didn't actually need him we didn't actually want him so if he's gonna take till season three we'll just call that a win no one's complaining here oh you know how he showed up at that like final scene at the end of season one what if it's the same thing where he like comes back and courtney sees him for the first time and it's like the final scene of season two and we're like dang it <laughs> i mean but i'll take that instead of having to like have like really him around for like episodes you know what i mean that's true so, i i'll take that I'll, I'll take it i i really will um and 
I want to talk about Mike for a bit because we talked about the the thing with the robot, but Mike was like, Courtney, are you going to leave us here? And then he left. He, he <laughs> left Barbara. Like, we're not safe with Beth. And then he left. Like, Mike, come on. <laughs> He's such a boy. <laughs> no, no shade to boys, but like, that's such a like teenage boy thing to do where he freaks out about something and then goes off and does like the opposite thing so funny but also I like that he was able to figure out some stuff with Stripe it kind of shows that like kind of mechanic skills kind of got like passed down from Pat to him so that was really cute perhaps he can be a Stripe kind of character down the line Stripe Stripe Jr. maybe Stripe 2.0 but where does that leave Pat you think? Mm, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> if you remember what I said from the last episode of my theory of Pat potentially sacrificing himself at some point, I don't want it. I don't want to think about it. So we're just going to say there'll be two stripes. It'll be adorable. There'll be two stripes. There will be two Dr. Midnights. There will can be... We give, can we give Mike the, the costume that Pat had? Like... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the like, stripe <laughs> shirt. And Courtney like turns it into a crop top just to like mess with them. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't think Pat wants to wear it again, so it's fitting that it would be Mike's. I'm just saying. It's, um, a, it's an heirloom. It's like when you know you wear your grandma's wedding dress. You gotta wear your your dad's superhero sidekick costume. I mean, even if it was very lame from the start. Like, it wasn't cool ever. Like, I don't know how Pat was just walking around in that. We, f- we only find it kind of cute because it's that. Right. Because of Luke Wilson. Right. So Luke, Luke can- Wilson looks good in everything. He can apparently make even that look good. But, like, put someone else on with- in that shirt and that. Yeah, that'll change. Um, I, I don't... I'd made a note of it, so I kind of want to go back to Courtney because I made a note about how Courtney, the conversation Courtney and Pat have in the car, I think is really important because Pat says that he didn't want the way Courtney saw him to change. And she sort of throws back at him that it has, but I think in a way, Courtney was more worried that Pat could be the guy who would uh, accept the JSA killing someone that she was about the lie. Like, I think her overreaction was the JSA killed someone. So in a way, that means Pat was right to keep it from her. That's true. You know, Pat has pretty good parenting instincts like 90% of the time. So I think he was right in this instance. I think Courtney was kind of just like, like I said, just kind of, uh really like holding that over pat during that whole like car ride um but courtney i mean as much as we sometimes like get a little annoyed with her over dramatics she like showed like her strength in that scene with jenny where it's courtney who kind of like calmed jenny down not pat and usually pat's the one who can like calm everyone down on the team and be like that reassuring character but in this case it's Courtney where she says she reminds Jenny that you know you're not alone in this and that's that's a really important reminder for teenagers because you often feel so isolated but particularly with Jenny since she's dealing with these like powers that are really 
difficult to control. Right, I think that's supposed to tie back to the message in the conversation between Sylvester and Pat at the beginning about family isn't born, it's chosen. Um, and in a way, it's nice because Sylvester tells Pat, you taught me that, and then maybe that's something that Courtney is also getting from Pat, that she learned from Pat, and then she's passing on to others. Um, the, the, the problem is that for me, the message doesn't completely resonate because the person I don't believe is Sylvester. <laughs> it's the of the message that I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, right. I will need you to prove that because I don't believe you. Yeah, the problem is the messenger here, not the message. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think we're set up for. I mean, how do we get rid of Eclipso? Like, we still haven't gotten a real answer, but I assume in the the fight against the club so it's actually probably a good thing that the shade has has his powers back yeah i have a question about that whole end eclipso scene because he shows up right jenny blasts him he like ricochets it back at jenny she's like knocked unconscious and then he sends courtney to the shadowlands and then he pieces out that's what i'm confused about because if i'm eclipso and I'm finally like confronting these heroes who've been bothering me and my plans. Why wouldn't you just finish the job? So like, did Jenny's powers actually weaken him then? Like, does that show that like, she actually is like key in defeating Eclipse? So that's the only thing I can think is that he actually did get weakened by it or else why wouldn't he just like get rid of everyone? Right, he did seem like at, at first when she was um, attacking him, I, I felt like he did seem like he was getting, like it was at least bothering him. There was a response there. And then he sort of casually like flipped his hand and then she was, <laughs> she, he threw her against the wall. So it made it seem like she wasn't really doing anything, but that might be it. Like it's the problem with, with these things is that it's always either that or just the show needs it to be like that because it's convenient. It's like the same issue as when you get the, the, the reasons why Rick can only have his strength for an hour, but because it's too easy then, you know? <laughs> True. Either that or like, I mean, they could find out some way to write about how Eclipso needs one of them maybe for something or has like targeted one of them for later. I don't know. But you're I, probably right. It's probably just the writers being like, and then he left. <laughs> Exit, yeah. stage left, followed by a bear. <laughs> like, I also have here. a question about the Eclipso uh, creepy kid of it all. Like, when is he Eclipso? And can he just turn into creepy kid whenever he wants? Like, it seems like he's been on Bruce creepy kid mode for a couple of episodes and suddenly he's Eclipso. Like, when is it, is it just, is the creepy kid his way of like blending in? Like what is going on? That's what I think. Although like, it's not a great disguise. Cause if you see a kid by themselves, you're, you're like, that draws attention. Cause we were like, oh my God, there's this kid by themselves. Like if I'm a Clipso, I'm just gonna, if I want to disguise myself, I'm just gonna disguise myself as like a random white dude. No one, no one questions that. Like a creepy kid, like and also like if you want to use the kid as a disguise, don't like 
laugh in the middle of the street at night when you're like a little blonde kid with that cut Harry cut mm-hmm. we all see scary movies it's like mm-hmm. no. um but yeah I don't I mean it might be just be as simple he can turn back from the kid whenever he wants um but I mean and I guess the he what he doesn't know is that sometimes the kid can be as scary as his eclipse of persona Honestly, if I had to decide to face one of them, I would choose like Bonnet Eclipso, not Scary Child Eclipso. I I can't deal with these scary children. Mm-mm. I know. I'm like I I rather know what I'm facing than have the kid show up and me being thinking that the kid could be anything. That that's the problem with the kid. I'm trying to decide if there's anything scarier than a creepy haunted child. I don't think there is. Right. Honestly. Right. Like, would you choose to be like in front of a creepy clown or a creepy child? I would choose creepy clown. Right. I don't like either, but I think I would I would choose clown too. That's funny. <laughs> Look at the spiral we went on. And I, we haven't even mentioned that Mike had the other call to compare the shade to Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, he wishes he were Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, Mike. Also, Mike, how do you know Benedict Cumberbatch? Let's have this discussion. Are you okay? This means Benedict Cumberbatch canon exists in this, like, world, in this, like, earth. So is Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange in this world? Like, how does the MCU and the... Arrowverse, like, how do they coincide at this point? Or is Benedict Cumberbatch just Sherlock? Like, I need more, Mike. He's going to have to tell us the IMDb of Benedict Cumberbatch on that Earth. We have questions. Benedict Cumberbatch? Like, yeah, because, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is not, like, a teenage kind of actor. I don't know. Like, I don't know if anyone I know who's around Mike's age is, like, unless they MCU fans. Um, mm. so. My problem is I don't know anyone Mike's age. <laughs> that, that's how old I am. That's fun to admit. I, I have nephews. I have people who are related to me who are that age. And that is the only reason I know people that age. <laughs> and I consulted with them beforehand and they had no idea who Benedict Cumberbatch was until I presented Doctor Strange. And then they knew. Um, mm. like, this is very weird of you, Mike. Are you, like, a Sherlock fan? Does the MCU exist in this world? Um, that's just one of those probably funny lines that they threw in there just so, for, so we could have these conversations in the podcast. So thank you. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't really have much more to say about this episode. It felt a little, it was a good episode. I don't think they've done a bad episode yet. But this one really did feel like a little bit of an info dump in a transition to what's coming. Um, 100%. This was a bridge episode. This was like, here are all the things you need to know to understand what's going on the rest of the season. I'm not complaining about it. There were some really cool moments, I think, still. But there's definitely less for us to discuss, like, critically, because there was just a lot of, like, here's here's the deal. Here, Here are the details you need. Right, and we didn't even get that many character interactions between the characters we care about. Like, I would have liked a little bit more of Courtney and Beth, uh, because they've clearly been talking. And then Rick only interacted with his 
apple and then <laughs> the apple <laughs> I mean I think I think he should like I, I don't want this to be the answer but Grundy can just reach uh, for the bars and like bust, bust him out in two seconds. I know. It's so easy. I don't know why he didn't do that and then hand him an apple. That way the apple didn't land on the dirty floor of the jail. God, this just shows our age, but yeah, I, I couldn't stop thinking about that. When he bit into the apple, I was like, <laughs> that apple was just on the floor of the jail cell. Uh, I can't eat apples for like a week now. Right? One of these days, not soon, but like time flies, your kid Andy is going to be a teenage boy. Please tell him not to eat apples from the (laughs) floor. First of all, don't be a creepy child. Second, um, please rinse off all of your produce before eating it. Those are the rules of this house. Thank you. I expected nothing less from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's super funny. We are a funny podcast, okay? And yeah. um, I think that's it. Do do we have anything else we want to say? Are yeah. we? I think we're good. That's I all think- I wanted to talk about. Yes, uh, you can visit StargirlPodcast.com for all the latest news about Stargirl. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter as Stargirl Podcast as well. Subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. And don't forget that we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at DCTVPodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We also have our own Tee Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome stuff. It does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And if you have questions, thoughts about Stargirl, etc., Email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. See you later. Bye. Bye.